High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, all you teenage sleuths, spies, detectives. Oh, and an extra special shout out to all you Alicia Silverstone fans out there. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years with the lens of some iconic high school centric films. I am Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my place this evening. But first, school is still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment and i would like to see the results first things first i want you to do me a favor i want you to hit that subscribe button to wherever you're listening to high school slumber party today whether it be on google podcasts apple podcasts spotify stitcher and if it's anywhere else and you could hit subscribe do it and of course you could always listen to us at cageclub.me that's cageclub.me the home of so many other great pop culture podcasts as it is thanksgiving week i will be on my good friend kyle reinfried's podcast he has me on every thanksgiving last year we talked friends giving you know the tv show friends i highly recommend those episodes check that out in the archive at kclub.me but this year this year it's a little bit more controversial i'm talking a film hannah and her sisters not going to talk much about it here but if you want to hear my opinion on Hannah and her sisters, check it out at Foodie Films over on, once again, cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. All right. Oh, oh, oh. How could I forget the most important way you could spread the message of High School Slumber Party is by telling a friend about High School Slumber Party. Tell one of your pals about all the fun we have here. And that's been going well so far, right? At least on social media. I've seen some more new active social media followers. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's appreciated. Including including the star of Valley Girl, Deborah Foreman, reached out to us and, and corrected us on some errors we made on our Valley Girl episode. And I should say both are Valley Girl episodes. That's right. Kate Hudson, Mike Manzi, we talked for a long time, had to split it up into two episodes. Check that out. That was your homework, but you know your other homework assignment. And that was to watch this film, True Crime. And if you could not find True Crime, it was under a couple other titles, True Detective, which is not the true detective you're thinking, and probably not the true crime you're thinking because apparently there's a Clint Eastwood version. But no, 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 no. It's not that one. It's the true crime with Alicia Silverstone from 95 or 96, depending where you find it. It could also be called Deadly Kiss, and it could also be called True Detective. But you'll probably find it under True Crime. And of course, if we have a movie called True Crime, you know who our guest is. It's our crime consultant, Alexander. Whoa, whoa, the bell doesn't dismiss you. 
I dismiss you. I was in the middle of saying our guest's name. Yes, that's right. It was Alexandra Schroeder. Alex is here. I always love the energy she brings. Just a little warning. She cuts out a couple times in the episode, but I hope you still have fun listening to her. If you have any problems, I'll give your money back for this episode. I'll give that $0.00 back. But again, always great having Alex on. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I do. Stay tuned for after the episode where I tell you what we're going to do on Friday. But if you've been doing your homework, you already know. So pack your favorite jammies. Tell your mother you're sleeping at Brian's because we're about to get our party on. Not a lot to choose from from this soundtrack. Oh, and by the way, could not really find any clips online. So apologies for that. You'll just have to check it out. I saw it free on Tubi, guys. So... Download Tubi, watch it, whatever. But yeah, not a lot to choose from soundtrack-wise, so I'm going to leave you with a song called Life of Agony by Bad Seed. Class dismissed, and happy early Thanksgiving. Alex, so happy to have you back on and for a movie called True Crime. You, you're our true crime consultant, so it should be perfect, right? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it should be. <laughs> it should be. We'll talk all about it, but let's get introductions out of the way. I uh, feel like it's been a while since we've recorded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I had an, an episode on ice that I aired a little bit later of yours. We recorded a lot during quarantine, uh-huh. but it's been a while. Yeah, it has. Yes, so to introduce yourself, just say your name, high mm-hmm. school, high school team name, graduating class, optional, whatever you want to say, really. <laughs> okay, well, um, my name is Alexandra Schroeder. I went to San Marcos High School in San Marcos, Texas. Uh, I was a rattlesnake. And I graduated 08, I believe. I think that was the year. I know every time I come on here, I'm not sure of the year, but I'm pretty sure that's it. I feel like so. you say a different year every time. <laughs> I do. I do. I mean, I juggle between 07 and 08. So let's just that's fine. Let's just say 08. It makes sense. That's fine. <laughs> when you talk about like confusing years, this film has a similar issue. So guys mm-hmm. out there, if you're listening, you're like true crime and you Google it. There's another true crime film. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Clint Eastwood, that's not this one. Yeah, <laughs> I had that issue 
when I was uh, trying to rewatch it, I was terrified that Amazon had taken it off, the one that we're discussing today. And well, thank goodness, maybe that they that they didn't. But yes, there is another true crime movie. Yes, totally different. <laughs> so, and this one, uh, some places you look it up, it says 1995. Some places you look it up, and it says 1996. But whatever, I'm really excited to talk about this film because mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons, for a lot of reasons, some of them silly. But it's a high school film, and it's a true crime film. And mm-hmm. I feel like when we first started doing episodes together on this podcast, again, you were like somewhat of our true crime or crime consultant. And then you kind of guided off into like a creepy sex thriller consultant. Yeah. Well, they go hand in hand. Especially in this film. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we go. Here's the Mecca. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was I was really interested in the... Well, I still am, of course, interested in, in true crime and everything. But, you know, I, I like to dabble, so... <laughs> <laughs> I know this is a film that's been on some of my lists before. It's a film that I don't know if we've discussed or not, but when we were talking the other day, you're like, oh, let's talk true crime. So how did this film get on your radar? Um, well, during quarantine, I went through a really big just horror movie phase. I mean, almost every horror movie you can name, I probably have watched it, thanks to Shudder, oh, yeah. which is fantastic subscription. And true crime just popped up one day. <laughs> Yeah, just miraculously. And so I held off on watching it so I can watch it for High School Slumber Party. Oh, nice. Super excited. Yeah, to talk about it. Appreciate it. Appreciate Mm -hmm. it. I knew nothing about this movie except that I think I wrote it on a list because I looked up high school films and I looked up Alicia Silverstone and she's Mm -hmm. in this. She is. Same year as Clueless. Which is remarkable. Wearing plaid. Very different film, obviously. Very different received film, but wow. (laughs) And doesn't she look younger in this film than she does in Clueless? A hundred percent. I don't know. Uh, Maybe she filmed this before and it took like a while to get it out there, produced. For the record, guys, this never saw a theatrical release. This was the era when a lot of things just went straight to VHS. Today, Mm -hmm. it might be considered a straight-to-streaming movie. But no, this was a straight-to-VHS film. Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, doesn't get the notoriety that Clueless gets. I mean, for for a lot of reasons. But still, (laughs) it's funny that, again, it's the same year. She's wearing plaids. It takes place in L.A. It's just Mm -hmm. a different story. And if you guys are, like, looking for this film as well, I don't know what your copy said, Alex, but Mm -hmm. I watched this film um, with ads for free on this uh, app called Tubi. There's a bunch of these apps that play free kind of crappy movies Mm -hmm. with, like, a couple ads during it. But, like, you find some gems that, like, no one has seen before. But when I started watching it, the title card Dangerous Kiss came on. And I was very confused because previously I it was either Tubi or one of these other, uh, I forgot some of the other ones' names, but yeah. I was watching a movie for this podcast and I clicked on one and I, it started playing and it was just another film. So I thought that this had happened this time because they get a catalog of like the cheapest films possible and they just stream them. And of course, some like intern maybe at... at Tubi is going to make a mistake here or there, and no one's going to call him out on it. Who's going to like email them? Hey, Tubi, you put the wrong movie on if it's like a movie that no one sees. So I was like, wait, Dangerous Kiss? That's not the movie I went to see. But apparently that was an alternate title in some places. And the other alternate title for this film, very ironically, is True Detective. So, <laughs> Well, if you 
watched the unedited version of this film, then I would love to compare notes with you and find out if there's a better version than what I saw. I don't think I did. I don't know if it was, like, it wasn't really bloody or anything. Mm -hmm. There was some controversy, but every week we read the back of the VHS, I'm pretty sure, or DVD or whatever, but this is firmly a VHS. And I'm pretty sure you guys have not seen this film. Maybe you have. I don't know. But here goes if you're not familiar with it. True crime. And then in parentheses it says, trust no one. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Since childhood, Mary Giordano. 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 Uh, Mary Giordano. Not that it matters. uh, (laughs) Has been fascinated by crime and detective work. But no case she has read about in the pages of True Crime magazine obsesses her like the mutilation murder of her classmate, 14-year-old Kathleen Danlevy. Mary begins her own probe into this grisly and mysterious crime which left no suspect, no witness, and scarcely a lead. Following her instincts, Mary uncovers a link between a traveling carnival and several other unsolved murders of teenage girls along the West Coast. She teams up with Tony Campbell, an ambitious young police cadet who becomes her unofficial partner in the investigation. As their investigation proceeds, Mary finds incriminating evidence in Tony's own apartment. A horrified Mary realizes she may be forced to prove the man she's falling in love with could be the murderer. That is, if she doesn't end up dead herself. So, classic VHS that they reveal most of the film in it. Of course. (laughs) Thanks a lot. However, do I want to call this a twist? Yes and no. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, we'll get into it, but there was very little information on this film online. Mm -hmm. Pat Verducci is the writer and the director. Not a lot of credit, Mm -mm. you know, around him, so I couldn't find any information about him. He's done, like, only a couple things, and some of them were just, like, shorts or... You know, nothing substantial that you could even look up. So, yeah, um, this is a VHS, though, I have seen around in the tape trading market. Some people, like my good friend Christian Larson, for example, collect tapes. I don't know if he has this one, but this is one that you show at a, show at a party or something for fun. Mm-hmm. Because it is interesting to think, like, what was Alicia Silverstone doing, you know, around the Clueless era? And, yes, yeah. she was in Aerosmith videos, but she was also filming this apparently well i'm just assuming that after clueless she wanted to do something darker maybe a character with a little bit more levels you know to kind of like cleanse her palette you know like a lot of actors do that yes it's possible but actually my theory was almost the opposite okay so you said that she looked younger right i thought the same i thought that maybe this guy uh verducci i think was his name again uh Pat Verducci. And it's a I woman. Think... Oh, it's a woman? Yes. Because I look I looked her up and she oh, uh, okay. is still working and she hosts workshops on on, on Zoom for uh, screenwriting, believe it or not. Oh, okay. Well Pat Oh, you're right, Pat Verducci then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good for Pat Verducci then. We support women directors and writers here. <laughs> <laughs> never mind, never mind. We love it. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no. Okay, so apologies, Pat, for thinking you were a man. You I mean, are a woman. Still, not a lot of credits to Pat Verducci that I've seen. Perhaps right. she find her niche and her, her, you know, her true calling as a teacher, as a writer. I'm not sure. But my theory mm-hmm. is that someone maybe funded this for Pat Verducci. Maybe Pat Verducci funded it herself. I don't mm-hmm. know. 
shot it with Alicia Silverstone and couldn't find distribution. Clueless comes out and suddenly a company is like, oh, this has Alicia Silverstone? Let's do this. Because you see that happen all the time. Like a lot of things that are on the shelf, then the actor gets famous and then suddenly a bunch of stuff is released for them. That wouldn't surprise me here with how, how young she looked. I guess, yeah. I guess that that's right. That makes more sense. I would just think it's like, this is kind of low budget. You know, Pat wrote it and directed it, probably mm-hmm. funded it as much as she could. So maybe like the makeup and the wardrobe, obviously, and, and no offense, and the, the hairstyling wasn't there. But then you get to Clueless where, you know, Alicia is made up. And, you know, has that revolving closet of clothing. You know what I mean? So it's like maybe that makes her look older somehow. I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, no. but, I mean uh, it's and, possible. I mean, both theories are quite sound. We'll never know unless Pat Verducci or someone from the film contacts us. I'm curious to find out. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'll email her. Just see what happens. <laughs> why not? Yeah. Well, why don't, not? don't pay for the class unless you really, truly want to. No. Well, wa- watch. She's going to, like, get me into paying for a class. Watch happen. <laughs> I mean, I have time on my hands. This is quarantine, so. That is true. That is true. So one other thing I wanted to mention, that there were three films technically released in 1995 for Alicia Silverstone. One, of course, was Clueless. One was this. And the third one was, ironically, one of the last things you were on here for. It's called The Babysitter. It was another straight-to-VHS film. It's not the one we talked about. But it was Mm -hmm. one I was thinking of talking about, and I was like, nah. Now I regret it, because we would have had, like you know, a little synergy here. Uh, Yeah. Maybe we'll we'll talk about it one day. Who knows? Hey, I'd be down. (laughs) In terms of cast, not a lot of known people, but there were uh, like four or five people that I did want to bring up. Of course, Kevin (laughs) Dillon plays Tony Campbell. He's, of course, of the Dillon family. Mm -hmm. Matt Dillon's brother. We've talked about Matt Dillon a bunch here. I think most people uh, know him from Entourage as Mm -hmm. Johnny Drama. Very famous from that. But uh, yeah, I mean, so <laughs> he's Tony Campbell. Interesting. Yeah, I was going to say interesting love choice. Let's move on. <laughs> That's all I'm saying about it. Interesting. Okay. So okay. Um, we talked about a film on here called Fear with Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon. Have you seen that one? Yes, yes. Yes, I have. And that was like around the same time, kind of like a sexual thriller as well there's no real like murder mystery in it but it does get intense but Mm -hmm. like one of the i'm sorry kevin Dillon, if you're listening but one of the big things there is like mark Wahlberg and his marky mark prime was like a good looking guy and like tempting for the high school age reese witherspoon here right kevin Dillon, kind of interesting looking i'm not saying he's a bad looking guy but interesting interesting looking looking. i love that (laughs) he's interesting looking what you're talking about is like when you want the audience to be thrown off (laughs) to be like surprised that someone is a murderer or someone is gonna hit you you would want them to be like charming alluring soft (laughs) and kevin dylan is like a cop you know yeah 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 you're right they got they got that you know hard features interesting as you call it (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, I thought that was a really interesting casting choice, for sure. Yeah, I mean, who knows, like, who they originally had in mind or what they had in mind, but it didn't lure me in. Right away, I'm like, this guy's a creeper. He pro- He's probably the murderer, you know? 100%. Well, and that goes to also to his first scene. 
Yes, yes. And mm-hmm. I mean, pff, a lot of his scenes, but that... Yeah. yeah this guy's a creeper. We'll, we'll definitely talk about it. Mm-hmm. Bill Nunn plays uh, Detective Jerry Gunn, but G-U-I-N-N. Yes. He's a veteran actor. He was in Do the Right Thing. He was in all like the original Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films. And mm-hmm. he, he played... I mean... I'm happy he was paid for this film, whatever, but he plays some of the scenes so intense behind the desk. Yes. Like, you're just a child, you know? Like, it's like, I don't need some little shit-ass yeah, little said... girl coming in here telling me how to do my job. <laughs> and, I, and I guess we should address that Alicia Silverstone, her father has passed away. He was a cop who died in the line of duty. She's obsessed with true crime even before what I thought was a true crime era of like podcasts and stuff like that. No, she reads true crime magazine and she has a case oh, file yeah. in her, in her house. Like how, how cool is that? Uh, when I saw that closet. Okay. Um, for our viewers, if, if they haven't seen it, the closet, it's like a Harry Potter esque cupboard where it's like you open it up and there's, she has like a filing cabinet there of like just uh, different cases she has a police scanner, you know, she has like a little nook with like an alarm clock just in case, you know, she's staying up late and reading case files. It's incredible. Yeah. And I, I want one so bad, Brian. <laughs> I want one so bad. It was incredible. In all the cheesiness of this film, there was so much of this that I'm like, oh, Alex is going to love this. Or Alex is going to oh, enjoy yeah. this like lifestyle, if you will. She Again, she's mm-hmm. a... Teenage girl dedicated to true crime. I love it. She wants to be a police officer. I'm sure she wants to work her way up to detective at some point. But yeah. a lot of her motivation is that her father was a cop. And I guess they let her hang around the station because of that. She's not just like showing up and trying to get into case files. She has a little bit of a reason for being mm-hmm. there. It's not like, you know, I still wouldn't show a teenage girl stuff. But I get that. You know, they're protective of her. It makes mm-hmm. a little bit of sense. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I was I was hoping that they would kind of delve more into that. Like, you know, he was killed in the line of duty, but like doing what exactly? Like, was he a detective? Was he investigating these crimes, you know, and she's on the case, like picking up where he left off or, you know, it was kind of just like, like a throwaway. And I was kind of sad about that. Yeah, you never really find out. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. So a couple more people I wanted to mention in the cast. Uh, Michael Bowen plays Earl Perkins, and he's, like, one of the suspects. And Michael Bowen's in a ton of stuff. We actually just talked about him on our last episodes in Valley Girl. Uh, So that was one of Nick Cage's first films, and he's, like, the bad teenager in that Tommy. So it's funny that, like, you know, back-to-back movies with this random guy, Michael Bowen. But he's very famous to audiences today because he's in Kill Bill. So he's he's not a nobody. Yeah. He's Buck. Right? Yeah, he, he's Buck who likes to fuck. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's him. <laughs> it's from the that's movie. Great. I didn't just make that up. Yeah, so weird little <laughs> thing here. <laughs> and and yeah. the last person I wanted to mention was Maria Sokoloff. Um, mm. She plays uh, Vicky. So yes. that's Mary's little sister. And she's in a ton of stuff. She's in Dude, Where's My Car? She's in Sugar mm-hmm. and Spice, another movie we covered in our Cheer series here. So it's, I was cool to see her again. She's really young here. Yeah, she kind of, I had I had no idea how young she started. And she has the exact same face. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. She's like grown up in movies. It's great. Was there anyone else on the cast you recognized? Um, 
I, I wanted to say Mary's friend, you know, like the fun craft girl, <laughs> but I, but I couldn't find anything else that she was in. So I might've just been, I might've just been playing with my head. She looked familiar, but yeah, there wasn't anything I saw her in either. Yeah, because I don't even remember the character's name to be totally <laughs> honest with you. I'm so sorry. And that's totally okay. So, mm-hmm. I mean, let's start talking really about the movie. Um, okay. This is one of the only movies we've actually done, surprisingly, to feature Catholic school, which I thought was interesting. There's nuns oh. teaching and stuff. Mm-hmm. Honest opinion. Do okay. you enjoy watching this film? No. <laughs> so you're not a well, fan of the movie so i well there were just so many holes in it <laughs> there are and it was like too much and then there are times when when i would have to pause it and rewind it and go like wait why how did they come to that conclusion and it's just ironic that it's like a detective movie essentially where i had to go back and backtrack all their evidence <laughs> so it was just confusing um so, at, at times off the bat here's my take is it a good film no did yeah. I hate it? No, because this is such a silly, weird movie. Yeah. Like, if you're looking for, like, oh, what an interesting mystery. It's not here. Sorry, guys. No, it's not here. <laughs> like, move along. <laughs> if you want, like, a sit-down discussion to make you feel like you can be a better screenwriter, I'm sorry, Pat, then oh, no. yes, watch this. No, well, beca- no. Well, well, because there, I mean, I just feel like there aren't a lot of strong choices. When I knew of this film's existence, I got very excited because I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this is going to be essentially, you know, if I had a better upbringing, this is going to be me when I was younger. I'm going to have so many connections with this film. It's going to be fantastic and great. And I love it. And it was just confusing. And I just wanted like stronger choices with some of the some of the writing. That's all. I mean, I totally I know, I sound so that. harsh. I sound so <laughs> harsh, but... You know. I totally understand that. We don't know the process. Maybe the studio cut it differently. Like you said, there's a different cut. I'm not sure. And I, to- yeah. I totally get that. And I think if you take this movie seriously, you're not going to be happy. But, and here's my little, like, little caveat. If okay. you're just looking for a fast, weird time, this has its moments. Uh, but early on, there was a lot of stuff that I'm like, again, oh, Alex probably likes this. She did. She did a, her project on Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, I loved that. <laughs> I was like, me too, but for nobody, and nobody read it. <laughs> I love it. Like you said, her whole setup in her room is yeah, great. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I kind of was laughing though. At, like, so she's got these big glasses, but yeah, Alicia Silverstone. She's still a pretty girl, but the whole time she's like, I'm so ugly. Guys oh, I wanted to like slap me. her. <laughs> I wanted to slap her. And like when her friend was like, yeah, you can't get a day because you, you, uh, you can't help but talk about the five different head wounds. Excuse me. There are six. Oh. She's wrong. Oh, yeah. well, at least the friend slap said it, not her. Slap back. But still, it was just like, Ugh, come on. <laughs> Hilarious, though. Like just the moments of her just like, and she said it like three or four times. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I'll never get a date. I'm so ugly. And look. as teenagers we totally feel that way i get it but it's just such a weird change for me from like alicia silverstone and clueless to this yeah (laughs) she's just like look i'm 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 acting i'm a totally different character (laughs) i know (laughs) but yeah i get it i mean to me she was though the best part of the movie like she does play a teenager uh, very well because she is again a teenager so it makes sense 
Right. As we kind of go along with the film, we're learning things about these characters, or trying to learn things about these characters. And one of them is, this, as, as you alluded to, this Kevin Dillon character who, mm-hmm. when we first meet him, he's like dressed all in black. And there's a scene at the pool because Alicia Silverstone's character is always investigating here. And the girl yes. who uh, was murdered is a sister of a classmate. She, uh, you know, was a swimmer and stuff. So Alicia Silverstone's there and Kevin Dillon shows up. Again, he's in all black. And he's talking mm-hmm. to these like really, really, really young looking girls. Yeah. And then he's like, you know, you kind of overhear the conversation and uh-huh. it's like, oh, you shouldn't really talk to a stranger. But it does feel flirty, you know? Like, it's not just like, it doesn't feel like a cop who's investigating. Also because when Alicia, at least say, or however she pronounces her name, <laughs> I don't know why, I just had a brain fart moment there. <laughs> but when she's, like, going over to, like, eavesdrop, but, like, he says something like, does either of you have, like, a boyfriend? And I just, like, gagged at the line. Just, oh, that's such a gross, creepy thing to ask, like, maybe 11-year-olds, maybe 12-year-olds, who, mind you, were talking about their own sexual experiences in the pool maybe, like, four minutes earlier. Yeah. And, yeah, he's just, like, creepily asking them questions that are wildly inappropriate. So we learn later that he's a cop. I mean, it's already been mentioned, so there's not a spoiler here. But we learn later that he's a cop. But still, a cop wouldn't do that. Like, he wouldn't ask questions like that. Right. You got a boyfriend? Uh, it's weird. <laughs> so, uh, whatever. She has suspicions about him, as she should. And yes. she follows him home and then takes pictures of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. I don't want to say whatever, because it's really hilarious. But <laughs> when she runs into him at the supermarket yes. and, des- and then decides to mace him is hilarious to me. Yeah, of course. I, I absolutely love that. Because the look on her face... When she bites her lower lip and she's like, Mace you right in the face. (laughs) Fantastic way to say hello. And that's when she finds out he was a cop, but he's just a cadet. He's about to be a cop. So he really shouldn't be doing those things. And Mm -hmm. I guess the big, you know, to do of the film is that after a little bit of pushback, they decide to work together to solve this murder that neither of them are authorized to solve. And early on, I'm like, all right, he's definitely the bad guy because no cop would be like, okay, young, you know, high school girl, let's work together and solve this murder. We could, you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't, something's off here. Well, this is another one of those holes that I'm talking about is, you know, what would make him see that she has something that he, he is lacking? I mean, sure, he's like, you know, he's a cadet. He can't get into files necessarily, but that's only a few weeks away until (laughs) he can get into those files. Like, what what does she have? True crime magazines and a police scanner? (laughs) I mean, I guess guess because she's like in the school or like she can like talk to kids, you know, she's like a cool hip teenager that people are maybe more apt to talk to her, but there really isn't any substantial concrete reason why this grown adult who is in the police station day in and day out needs this teenager to help solve (laughs) murders of teenagers. Yeah, and and one can argue, oh, he's just trying to groom her because he wants to kill her. I do get that, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's something something so strange that's going on that 
you hit the nail on the head before. Like, he's not alluring. He's not someone where you're like, oh, I hope he's not the killer. Because he actually seems right. like a good guy for her. Also, he's not her age. He's older than yeah. her. This is creepy as hell. Exactly. But I guess we can also argue that it's the 90s. And a lot of stuff. Mm. A lot of things were gone away with in the 90s. So, I guess suspend your disbelief you're not no you're not wrong it's something that i think it's difficult to talk about but Mm -hmm. i've brought it up here too like even though it was still illegal it was still like a common joke if you will and probably did exist where you're like oh you're dating a high school girl you know she was graduating she was probably 18 so she's legal but today we still see that as very weird if someone Mm -hmm. like that were to just date a high school girl they just met you know like and i wrote this line uh, i wrote this in my notes if her parents are grounding her, she's probably too young to date. Yeah. She's also in Catholic school. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't know if that's offensive, and I'm really sorry if it is. But, I mean, you saw the way her mom reacted to her little sister having birth control, which, you know, I kind of get that because her little sister has to be, like, 11, 12 yeah, years old. Yeah, her little sister looked young as hell. Young as hell. Okay. <laughs> Which, by the way, throughout this whole movie, there's a weird aversion to sex. Yeah. Weird aversion coming from Mary, uh, you know, specifically. But, um, yeah, she grounded, so she can't kiss any 23-year-olds, I'm suspecting. (laughs) (laughs) You know? I don't know. I guess not. Um, But when she starts, like, going on little mystery-solving things with the dude and really kind of bonding with him, she starts to develop feelings with him. So I have of to Of course. Ask, have to. And look, I get it. I get it. You it's know, Kevin Dillon, ah! Brian. That's not why I get it. I get it because it happens. Younger people, you know, even older mentor develop a crush. He shouldn't mm-hmm. be reciprocating. But... No. But I have to ask, what did you think of, like, her fantasy scene that might be a masturbation scene? Where she's like in the flowy dress and then (laughs) thoughts on this. The minute he goes to kiss her neck, I vomited Um, (laughs) just because I don't know. Like I just imagine his super pointy nose, like brushing my earlobe. I got so uncomfortable with it. That was when I first really suspected that there were scenes or more juice you know cut out of the movie was like okay very obviously this is not just like a sex stream like because he even mentions like oh i see their fingerprints uh on the photos on the photos that you took of me oh that yeah means you were touching them uh, like <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so yeah that sex scene was very cringy i was extremely uncomfortable my whole body got hot and it was gross. Thanks, I Kevin. don't disagree with you. <laughs> yeah. If I'm going to make a defense for the film, it's something we've actually been talking about a lot here in High School Slumber Party. And now that I know like a woman directed this and wrote yeah. it, it kind of changes my perspective a little bit. Because originally mm-hmm. I was like, ew, Pat, gross. Like, you're such a pervert <laughs> writing these scenes, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of like a teenage girl. However, let's take a time machine back to the mid-90s. They were making a lot of bad erotic thrillers that made no sense yeah and most of them were directed by men and most of them were gross like this it's nice to see i don't want to say nice actually it's not nice to see actually (laughs) it's not nice to see (laughs) at least there are some bad trashy 
uh, <laughs> you know, films like this that are written and directed by women. And I, I'm totally in agreement with you. I think there's a cut of this film that makes a lot more sense and explores more of that. Yeah. I don't know if there's a cut that ever will make the crimes make sense, you know? Right. But, <laughs> because well, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, look, you, you're more the it expert comes than up. me. Well, I mean, just like throughout this m- movie, I just keep thinking, like, why is my brain trying to, like, fill in motives or, like, fill in reasons why certain things happen to these girls that were murdered? And I think that's, again, because of the editing, because it was too raunchy for TV. I mean, the version that we were shown. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I feel like we're watching something that's very incomplete. And Mm -hmm. maybe one of the reasons they did it was to make it less creepy. But in my mind, they made it more (laughs) creepy by not filling in the gaps, you know? Right. Yeah. Because it makes you wonder. And then you come to realize how gross you are. And I don't like that. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Uh, Mm -hmm. So one note I wanted to bring up. I don't know if Mm -hmm. you notice this but the way alicia silverstone like walks and runs around in this film is really hilarious to me yes yes i was noticing that so okay aside from me being in true crime aside from you know me doing the uh the paper on jeffrey dahmer she walks like me and i got really mad (laughs) because i i realized like i do that weird shuffle run guttle (laughs) (laughs) and that's exactly how she runs and i don't know if that's how her character runs, which I'm like, oh my gosh, you go girl. Or is that how Silverstone runs? <laughs> but yeah, that jumped out at me as well, this whole film. It was like not very actory and very like, <laughs> I guess real, but also yeah, goofy. And look, maybe she's an awkward teen. Who knows? I know you're not currently an awkward teen, but... Uh, <laughs> I was, I wrote... trust me, I was. <laughs> so this is something you kind of mentioned before, but what'd you think of the... Uh fashion in this film if that's what we want to call it it. oh my god those sandals (laughs) love the sandals uh the the mom dresses were great the mom dresses it was was just very 90s very 90s and i wrote very real right like it like clueless is very like to 11 with the fashion yeah with the intensity of it this was like it seemed like this might have been Alicia Silverstone's real clothes. Like, I don't even mean that as an insult, you know? Like, no, oh, yeah. here's the stuff I in my literally, closet. I literally was going to say that when they were asking her about, you know, okay, uh, please be on set. You know, call time is 8 a.m. You know, wear comfortable shoes because um, <laughs> it's going to be a long day. <laughs> you know, and wear stuff without any logos. Okay, you know, like just like the regular like extras, you know what they ask as extras to bring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm almost certain they did that. And maybe for, you know, makeup on set, they have like a little bit of makeup and a hairbrush. <laughs> and that's not a read at all. That's just like, let's keep this low budget so it's natural. For sure. And, and look, it's probably what they had to do, but it's also... Mm-hmm. It comes out. It comes, you know, mm-hmm. you notice it. It's kind of obvious. That's very, okay. Very, very. I was trying to look up, like, is there any way to find the a longer version of this film? Because now I'm very, very curious, mm-hmm. like, what's missing here? Because, you know, as we go along and discuss it, it's really clear that this probably wasn't the original vision. Again, I'm not yeah. saying that the original vision was going to be groundbreaking or anything like that, but I'd like to know what it is, you know? Yeah, I definitely expect that there, there's more gore. Uh, not like not like intestines coming out or anything really 
<laughs> no, I know creepy. you mean like that kind, yeah. Right, but I mean, I suspect blood. Um, I suspect more um, uh, shots of Kathleen dead. Like, some finding her body, because who knows, like, found her body. That's another thing. You know, there is one scene where, randomly, a detective, Jerry, comes bursting into Mary's room and is like, you have to stay out all night? Well, let me show you what happens to girls that stay out all night. Yeah. Random. You know, who are you, my dad? And he brings her to this dead body. And we don't even see the dead body. Like, what happens to girls that stay out all night? Yeah. Tell me, you know? For sure. Uh, and that scene really confused me because there was really no... Like, this is a guy who's been behind his desk the entire film. There's really no precedent for mm-hmm. him just, like, bursting in her room. And then he just suddenly does that. And then you're expecting to see something like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it wasn't. <laughs> it just wasn't there. Right. That night, that very romantic oh, night with Mr. Dylan. With Kevin Dylan. Wonderful, sexy night. That night when she ends up... You know, sleeping with Kevin Dillon's character. Again, she's a high school student. He's about to be a cop. So how do you think that they were trying to play this off? Like, I know it was not romantic, but do you think they were trying to play it off as romantic? Do you think they were trying to play it off as this guy's taking advantage of her? Because I had tone problems at certain points with this film. Okay. I didn't know if they were trying to, again, do that thing that, like, fear does where it's like, oh, she shouldn't be hooking up with him but, you know, she's totally in love with him. I kind of get it. Like, you could theoretically say the same things here, but I was more like, oh, no, stop. You know, like, don't do not do this. Because he kisses her. She kisses him. Yeah. He pulls away. Like, as you're supposed to do with him. Yes. And, yeah, he's like, no, we shouldn't be doing this. And I'm like, oh, thank God. You know, someone of re- something of reason is happening. Um, she runs off, and they do it in the car, which I'm like, <laughs> that's... Yeah, like, what they're trying to go for is, is, like, these are two grown adults who go close together and they catch feelings. Sure. But I just can't. I can't because Alicia Silverstone's, like, an awkward teen running around in her weird way. Like, I'm so ugly, you know? (laughs) So I want to talk a little bit about, quickly, like, the whole carnival subplot, too. Yes. I guess, like, one of the big suspects is a carnival man. Mm. He's got, like, a deformed hand, so I'm, like, already... He probably didn't do it, but maybe, I guess? You know? It didn't seem like... Yeah, it's a really lazy attempt at trying to make someone creepy. Yeah, it's like a weird, like, penguin from Batman kind of hand going on. Yeah. This is why I knew it was Kevin Dillon for a lot of reasons. But, Mm. like, the main reason was, like, if it's not him, and they're just playing it off... Like, he's just, like, this creepy guy that had sex with her. Like, no. <laughs> you have to make it him. And also, then, if the murder is actually this uh, guy with a disability at the carnival, that's, like, just too obvious for something like that. It just didn't, like, oh, see? Exactly. He, he's been in all these cities. And she's, like, <laughs> I like when she has the pad and yes. she's, like, checking them off. Like, there's only four of them there. You know what they are, okay? <laughs> right. You know? It's like, you don't need you don't need a paper trail. Why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. That that whole carnival subplot was confusing, and that's one of the things that I'm talking about. Where I had to stop and like rewind and like literally, you know, put my own post its on the wall with thread and like trying to figure out where they were going with that. Because yeah, really, the only thing that was like connecting him to Kathleen's death was that she was at the carnival that one night. He yeah. didn't have the blue. Which a lot of people were. Yeah, exactly. That was the most random thing. I just didn't understand why they zeroed in on him. 
And I still don't get that. And I've watched the movie twice now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. It just doesn't make any sense. And then uh, another point that I wanted to make as well in terms of like how it was obvious that it was Kevin Dillon the entire time. (laughs) He gives her beer like in... Hello! Like, come on, dude. You can't do that. That's illegal, officer. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What's your poison? Please don't ask that. You have bleach and Windex in your closet. <laughs> Get out. It's funny because let's say wherever she is at the time, I know the laws changed, but let's say the drinking age was 18 and she could drink. Let's like pretend that that is the, sure. that's the thing. Really, like when do you ask a high schooler, what's your poison? Yeah. Like, do you think they've really determined what their drink of choice is in high school? <laughs> Well, like, mine in high school was uh, hypnotic. Hypnotic. Uh, yeah, because it was blue. That was, yeah, was it. Like, I got that it right here, it. you know? Right. Of course. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah? You like Goldschlager? Sweet. <laughs> Bud Light Lime? <laughs> Me too. Like, yeah. Well, I tend to think that, like, as we talk this out, that maybe this wasn't intended to be kind of a whodunit. Maybe it was in the original vision supposed to be like, all right, everyone knows that it's this guy and we have to just get our main character to realize that because i kind of like movies like that uh where it's like oh no you know the girl stop doing it stop doing it stop doing it but they kind of were instead pivoting it to like a could it be him maybe it's not maybe she's wrong she's right again especially as you said when she finds the bleach in the closet and she finds the exact car that uh has been reported at all the crime yeah. scenes in his garage. Yeah, hello. Like, you want to be a detective so bad, and you're like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, actually, you you have a point there. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not at the end of the movie. That's, like, in the middle of the movie when she finds oh, it out. Oh, Yeah, when she starts, when there's, like, the evidence against him is building up. And, I mean, she, again, with the whole bleach and Windex thing, she literally did find a bag of that, which is, like, <laughs> okay, everybody has that stuff. But the bag had blood on it? <laughs> So that probably doesn't look good, you know? Yeah. Look, (laughs) Alicia Silverstone, (laughs) I want to give you credit. You want to be a cop. You clearly are good at the filing portion of things. Yeah, Instincts. (laughs) Instincts. Mm. Well, her brain isn't fully developed. Fair. Fair. She is just a teenager. She shouldn't be the one investigating here. No. Oh, my God. And just also the fact that she... She confronts him when she finds it out. She doesn't. I know she goes to the authorities. She's trying to report it to him. But yeah. she should still be building her case theoretically. She shouldn't be like, I know you did it alone to this guy. Yeah. Let's go to the <sighs> mini mart. And I love his response too. He's like, oh, it's my landlord's car. And then he kind of like hustles away. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> and then he punches like a trash can or something we hear off screen. Yeah. She's not the smartest tool in the shed. But she's again, not. she's just a teenager. Yeah. She shouldn't be investigating this crime. Also, is he the smartest tool in the shed? Like, I know he's orchestrated all these murders, so apparently he's got some smarts, but he circles the date on his calendar when he's going to uh. murder someone. Oh, no, no. That was the day of his exams. Ugh. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Like, come on. He might as yeah. well have written on the calendar, like, murder in Sharpie. Yeah. <laughs> the day I will kill her. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just so he would forget, like, oh shit. Yeah, like, I'm supposed to kill her. Oh, like a God. little star next to it. <laughs> After graduation, happy face, nice. So, Pat Verducci out there, mm-hmm. defend your film. I know you're probably <laughs> listening right now. Email me. <laughs> Show us the real copy. Hey, it's been happening lately. 
Like the Star of Valley Girl contacted us to correct some of our wrongs, and I was. Are you serious? For it. Yeah. So she was. She was very no. nice. Well, now I'm scared. Well, that. Because what if I'm she saying. sends Kevin Kevin to my house? Oh my god! And he's gonna that would be and he's sweet. gonna make me drink beer. And <laughs> I saw in this town Nyack, which isn't far from where I grew up. I uh-huh. saw Kevin Dillon on the street once, like in the height of his entourage fame. So. Oh, no. <laughs> happy, happy to see him. So, Kevin Dillon, if you're listening, feel free to defend yourself as well. But I really want to hear from Pat Verducci. I want to know, like, what the original intention was. Because I think you and I are both right. There are missing pieces here that yes. might correct a lot of what we're criticizing of the film. Is it still going to be, like, a, a straight-to-VHS B film? Probably. But there are too many holes, as you said, to make this like, ooh, this is like an underground classic. You should watch this. For me, I still think that people would have fun watching it because of the silliness. But I'm sure that's not Pat Verducci's original intention. Yeah, and like, I think a lot of true crimers would love to watch this and be like, aw, it's a little me. <laughs> but actually like, see the version with all of the juicy stuff in it. Yeah. Because again, like, what we were commenting on is just what Amazon decided show us <laughs> well we don't know but we, i'd like to hope again i just feel like there's there's a lot of questions that i had that i'm sure is in the original movie like i uh doing some quick research like when mm-hmm. i looked up the runtime yeah most places say hour 36 but there's a lot of places that say like two hours and like six minutes or two hours and seven minutes so there really? maybe is this two hour cut existing somewhere in the ether. See, okay, see, I can I can see a two hour of this movie maybe having some of those questions answered for sure. I bet there's a lot more stuff in it. Well, Pat Verducci, writer, director, balls in your court, madame. Yes, send me that VHS, I will find a VHS player. Let's do it. <laughs> it's funny too that you just like peaked my memory. Um, <laughs> one, one thing you mentioned, like a bunch of true crimers would say, like, that's me. A lot of reviews said this is, like, kind of, like, a fucked up Nancy Drew mystery or, like, Harriet the Spy. <laughs> and I get that yes. here, too. Like, <laughs> Yeah, when I was watching it, I wrote in my note, Harry, um, Harriet the Spy 2.0. Like, she's like, <laughs> this is this Harriet, you know, after Rodeo O'Donnell piece. And she's feeling really dark still. Like, that's it. For sure. Harriet sure. loses her virginity. Yes. <laughs> Part two. Oh, God, so bad. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, a couple other moments here. It's weird how the film kind of... Mm-hmm. I mean, it wraps up in a couple of action sequences, sure. But right before it, she graduates, still kind of confused, still not knowing what the mystery is. And he shows up like a creeper yes. in a horrible outfit in the back of her graduation. And that's yeah. okay. Like, people need to see this. Adults need to see this situation happening at the graduation mm-hmm. and somehow stop it, you know? Yeah. And say hey, I don't know if this is the right guy to be hanging out with. We don't know him that well, you know? I don't know. It right. was <laughs> it was creepy. It's like, what is a substitute teacher doing at my daughter's graduation? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, he's just sulking around. He's just yeah. gross. He's like, I want yeah. to congratulate you. <laughs> Go away. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, and that's when Detective Jerry finally goes through that info on the Malibu, on the, on the blue Malibu. Yeah. Being registered to a bad guy, and then for some reason... A light bulb goes off in his head, and he goes, "Hey, can you run the DNA from this coffee cup?" And it then leads to the bad guy. Yes, finally we see that Kevin Dillon is indeed the bad guy, and a bunch of stuff happens. <laughs> a lot of stuff for some reason. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, was there anything memorable in this part for you? Oh uh, well, one thing is is when 
Mary goes back to the warehouse to kind of go through the scene of the crime again. Uh, because, you know, the carnival guy and his girlfriend are found in the warehouse. Carnival guy apparently co- uh, commits murder and then kills himself and um, uh, confesses to all of the murders, which she finds very suspect. Uh, because with his weird uh, penguin hand, he can't tie his own new. So she's like, hmm, very fishy, very fishy. So she goes but back. But no one else thinks that. No one else. No one that, else. Just only, only this eight-year-old girl. And so then she goes, <laughs> she goes back and she finds randomly a set of Polaroids with Kevin Dillon kissing on Kathleen. But Kathleen is dead. And that's when he's like, you like my photos? Super creepy. And that's when it is confirmed that he is the murderer. And she's shocked. <laughs> she shouldn't be. No one is, but she is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He, he's the bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this is the only reason they involved a carnival, was just to kind of get these, like, creepy carnival chase scenes. Yeah. Which, like, they're cool looking. It's not effective because we don't know how we built here, but they're cool looking for sure. Also, did, did you notice that her friend is taking her brother to the prom? Or whatever the dance is? I think it was called, I don't know if it was The Exchange, but I think it was called something like that because it was like the guys and the girls were having like a mixer kind of dance. Who knows? It is weird. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it was a graduation dance of some sort, right? Because like, why are you still going to school dances if you you graduated? Yeah, true. (laughs) Who knows? Yeah, so she should have just stayed at school, but instead she runs off into a carnival. Kind of a prom. The final fight scene is interesting because it's like gun- so the the cop, yeah. her, and the guy, and uh, Kevin Dillon ends up killing Gunn. You know, he f- finally he's not lazy. Finally he's off his desk and he dies yeah. like her father in the line of combat, in the line of duty because of this, like, D-bag. And <laughs> how, does he wind, how does it wind up where he's on that, like, like as you said, Lazy Susan thing? Like, what happens here? I can't... Well, like, you saw it twice. Answer my questions. <laughs> well, I, I still am very confused around... You know, and this, again, yeah, this lazy Susan gets turned on. I'm so confused, Brian. I don't know. <laughs> and, and he's holding on to fabric, and he, like, does a weird smile, and then the fabric rips, and that's it. That's how he dies. Don't get to see his body on this rotating glass shard thing. And, like, it's just like, what? It was a little confusing about the death. But what really irks me is his motive for killing which is something what is, that... What is it? Well, it's something that she has been talking about throughout the whole film. Is like, there has to be a motive. Why do people murder? You know, da-da-da-da-da. And that's something I'm, I'm actually interested in as well. It's like kind of like the psychological profiling of criminals. And his was, I don't like people who think life is beautiful. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, that's <laughs> such a lazy, lame, empty motive. Like, what do you mean? Can you expand on it? Like, <laughs> you hate young young women or young people because they had their whole lives ahead of him. He just messed his up so bad that he just hates everybody. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, he falls into this, this thing of glass, and that's how he dies, I guess. I don't know. It's I'm, funny because... I'm defeated. I'm so sorry. I'm just defeated. <laughs> the Wikipedia article implies that he kills her, but I think she's just, like, standing there, right? Like, could she have saved him? No, she's just standing there. <laughs> it's weird. It, it's a weird ending. But that, again, that is not the ending. We had a little coda here with uh, oh, she. she's yes. graduated, and it's like right after she graduates, she becomes a cop herself, too, you know? Yes. 
hey, it's what she wanted to do. Good for her. Hopefully she'll solve some more interesting murders after this. But uh, I guess, what do you think of this uh, this little ending here? Well, for one thing, I'm really happy that she's going to school because she needs to, like, hone some more stuff in. She, like, <laughs> really needs to learn more. But I like I like the ending in a sense that it's like, oh, okay, cool, she's going on to, like, to pursue this, which is something, you know, we obviously knew she was going to. But I liked that she, like, took her cross, which is, like, her faith and her, her background and everything. And she takes the rabbit's foot, which is something that Kevin Dillon, the serial killer, would... Or, I'm sorry, Tony, not Kevin Dillon. Um, that Tony would give to his victims. And I guess it was, like, a <laughs> reminder of, don't be an idiot. Yeah, or yeah honestly, that's the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah, and she takes it both of it and she puts it in her pocket and i'm like oh that's kind of cool to like think like man she's gonna have that forever and what an interesting story for this cop i don't know i almost want to see what's gonna happen next not because of the murder but like i'm like okay this feels a good backstory for maybe an interesting character but Mm -hmm. you know i'm curious of like when she actually solves murders and she has some bit of intelligence yeah i'm not blaming her for being (laughs) some bit of intelligence she's a teenage person though like she's a teenager we were all not at our best probably when we were teenagers for solving murders with very shady motives so (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) Even going further, I have like to maybe see her on the beat being a detective and then pulling that stuff out of her pocket and being like, I remember. Oh, that's cool. That would be that'd be cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. Anything else from true crime that you wanted to mention or bring up? If not, we'll go straight to our awards. Oh, let's go straight to the awards. (laughs) I'm not not gonna do this anymore. (laughs) Okay, so Wooderson Award. Is there a character here you would have liked to seen more of? Um, yes, actually, I was thinking about this. I would have loved to see more of her friends. Yeah, me too. Yeah, maybe she was like into like the occult or something like that. And she kind of acted like the clairvoyant to her detective. You know what I mean? <laughs> or, or yeah, just been like, yeah, I know you're like all creepy and weird, but like, let's try to make you be a teenage girl and stop being so serious about murder and stuff. You know, I would, I would have liked to have seen more of her friend for sure yeah i thought she was an interesting character we definitely did not get enough of her yeah there's a lot of little characters like that like the brother we saw a couple times and he's a hacker but uh mm-hmm. he you know we don't really get a lot of him but no I, i'd vote for that teenage girl for sure i wish she came on some of the like investigations with her yeah it was like the getaway car or something yeah like look I'm, I'm not advising any teenagers investigate murders like if you want to do it in your own free time the paperwork side, sure, but don't go out to, like, dangerous warehouses and stuff. Right. But if you're going to do that, don't go alone. That's a really mm-hmm. bad idea. Or I would have also liked to see a little bit more of the sisters, uh, Vicky's story. Like, oh, yeah. why was this 12-year-old uh, buying birth control? <laughs> you know, what was the deal with that? I'm sure there was something in there that we had missed, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like, that would have been interesting. Honestly, let's focus a little bit more on the teenagers and less on... I don't even know what they really focused on. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Give us the two-hour copy. We want We want the Pat Verducci cut. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so Long Duck Dong Award, is there a character whose omission would make the film better? Who would you delete from the film if you had to? Maybe Sherry. Uh, this would have been the carnival worker's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. What was the deal with that? I don't know. I made notes about her and her journey throughout this. And really... Again, maybe there's something in that longer cut to <laughs> that alluded 
him being like more of a more of a violent guy. I know that she had bruises at times, but she could have fallen down some stairs or something. But I, I feel like her character could have been omitted. I, I feel like maybe the carnival worker being super mysterious and not being able to find any actual evidence on him could have been interesting enough than this random character. It's a really, really good choice. Yeah, I like that, actually. She got a lot of screen time for mm-hmm. what reason? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Okay, so the golden question today. Um, every week we rate the film on a report card grade of A plus to F. Rotten Tomatoes only has four critics who have ever rated this film. And they all gave it rotten scores. So it technically has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. It doesn't qualify as like one of the worst movies of all time because that's not enough people to rate it. But no positive no. scores there. Now, audience, about 2,000 people have reviewed this film on Rotten Tomatoes. And they give it a 43%, which is not good, but it's obviously wow. a lot more than zero. Um, <laughs> right. But Alex, you know, you've got the pen. You're marking your report card down. Your student is true crime. What grade do you give true crime? Um, a solid C. There were different ways it could have gone, but overall, I see where they were going, kinda. <laughs> I I agree with you. I actually, gave this a C minus, which I thought was high. Uh, <laughs> I think that I really like Alicia Silverstone. Um, this is the same year as Clueless is interesting stuff. You're right. It was cool to see a teenager who's so interested in true crime that that concept is actually cool. Like a teenager who wants to solve a murder like this. Like that's not a bad concept. It's actually a good one. Where I have to give it a C minus, mm-hmm. even teetering on lower than that is it's not terrible. It's just so incomplete. It's the student that's yeah. like, what went on here? Is everything okay at home? Like, I need you to take this back, and I need you to give me a more full assignment here. And that's what this movie is about to me. Again, I'll say it again, Pat Verducci, we want the Verducci cut. Let's go. Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. I would love to watch it in its, like, entirety. I'm sure it would change my mind about a lot of stuff. I'm sure, sure. because you, you fill a couple holes here and there, and the other stuff starts to get a lot cooler. Her whole, like, you know, uh... As, as we said, uh, Harriet the Spy kind of thing becomes a little bit mm-hmm. more cooler if it makes a little bit more sense. If she doesn't seem right. like she's just stumbling into situations. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. Interesting question here. Sleeping bag. What does your true crime themed sleeping bag look like? I have a big old picture of Nancy Grace on it and her, <laughs> <laughs> and her big hair glory. We'll, we'll call it like um, uh, or Casey Anthony. I'm of which was reporting on that angry Nancy Grace. you feel like uh alicia silverstone's character why do i keep forgetting her name mary yeah you feel like mary would really be in to nancy grace if the eras kind of matched up a little bit more Um, nancy Nancy grace was around at that time but how popular was she in 95 i I don't know actually because 95 i would have been six years old (laughs) so um i I, you know i wasn't as tuned in of course of course you know as i am now I I would have thought she she would have taken to into account Nancy Grace. I think <laughs> so, maybe, so. Not super obsessive or anything, but yeah. Maybe she would have you know gone to CrimeCon and met Nancy Grace. Who knows? I yeah, I think she would have gone to CrimeCon for sure. She definitely seems like the CrimeCon type for sure. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So my sleeping bag. I'm trying to think of something from the movie that I could take. There's not mm-hmm. many 
images. I was thinking like maybe it would just have the print of one of her dresses. Um, Cute. Okay. <laughs> or maybe a rabbit's foot on there. A little rabbit's foot on there, but I don't mm. know. I really don't know. This yeah. Is, this is a really tough one. You know what? It's just going to be made of that fabric that whatever Kevin Dillon is like, it's going to be very uncomfortable. Whatever he like is latching onto and then falls down from, that's gonna, perfect. My, it's just going to be made of that. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Absolutely. That's great. Okay. So, Alex, you and I are planning this true crime slumber party. We know we're watching this film. We go mm. to our blockbuster. And we see a sign, and it says, rent two movies, get one for me. I say, Alex, go to the back. I'll stay at the counter here. Find two other movies that'll go well with true crime, and we're going to make it a trifecta of a slumber party. What two other movies are you bringing back to the front for us to watch? I got got you here. I got you. So one of them is Fear. I I think, yeah, that would have, I know we were talking about it earlier, but I already had a down so i'm not copying you um yeah i think fear would be a really great one to throw in there because again it's that uh oh is he or isn't he kind of thing that's going on absolutely um and then i would also throw in urban legends ooh, urban legends yeah yes. i was just talking about you that know, the other day kind of like a ooh, you know there's a there's murder going on and she's trying to figure out who it is so i think i would um want to rent those two movies perfect sure. i love it so mm-hmm. good. Anything else you want to mention about true crime? Otherwise, where can people follow you, find you? Uh, and if you're up to anything lately, not that people are up to much lately, but you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. I'm not up to too much, uh, too much here. Um, you know, last, last thing I was talking about, um, to a friend of mine was the new, uh, Chris Watts, the documentary about Shanann and that whole horrible documentary that's on Netflix right now. So I've been that's been taking up a lot of real estate in my gotcha. brain recently. Um, and right now, I'm off the internet. I'm taking a big old break. So you oh, can't really? find me anywhere. Yeah. I'm refusing it. Probably so, smart. Uh. Yeah. Don't look for me. Do not look for me. <laughs> Anybody. I'm over it. But yeah, I've just, uh, just been reading and enjoying enjoying my time. Well, Mary Giordano, or whatever her name was, and mm-hmm. Alicia Silverstone, she didn't really have a lot of the internet. She had to use her brother's uh, computer hacking skills. So yeah, maybe, you can, maybe you can get a, up. <laughs> the dial-up. Yeah. So maybe you can allow dial-up into your life and see how that goes. But, you know, internet breaks are good and they are healthy. So, well, mm-hmm. I'm happy you got my email then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was the only thing. I had a, I had an owl tapping out my window that told me that there was an email for me. <laughs> this Friday, I know you cast your ballot, Alex, and you know yes. we're trying to keep them secret, but we have the High School Slumber Party Hall of Fame and Alicia Silverstone, a big nominee. Probably not for this film. I don't think that people were thinking of true crime when they voted <laughs> for her. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, excited for that. That's coming up on Friday and appreciate mm-hmm. you voting. And always appreciate you coming on. I, I recently found a list in my phone of some other films that I think you'd be good on and maybe some you've even suggested. So we'll have you back for sure, but appreciate Ooh, all the great okay. movies well, you've I, done. Well, I'm around. Well, let, let's see. What have you done this year? Swim Fan? Yes. Oh, Bring It On, which was yes. a, a favorite. And The Babysitter, I think. Yes. I yes, think that's The Babysitter. That was year. the name of it. Yeah. Yeah, but that wasn't the Alicia Silverstone Babysitter. It was the 70s weirdo babysitter but it was great the horribly problematic (laughs) movie we watched yeah (laughs) i remember thank you i remember it's a pleasure and if i don't talk to you beforehand happy holidays and Mm -hmm. enjoy enjoy uh 
however you can during these weirdo times. Of course. Thanks, Brian. So I just want to thank Alex once again. We'll talk about the Hall of Fame in a second, but big thank you to Alexandra Schroeder. She's awesome. Love the energy she brings to this podcast every time she's on. Yeah, it wasn't her favorite movie, but hey, we'll talk about one she'll love, I'm sure, in the near future. Who knows? 2021 for sure. I mean, she has some great episodes in the archives at cageclub.me. I think my favorite might be Dur Fan or Summer School Teachers. Check out both of those. We had a blast on those. And I had a blast talking true crime. Again, even though it wasn't our favorite, it was still fun and funny. And again, Alicia Silverstone. Awesome. Oh, and by the way, those of you who are big fans of the show, you might have noticed that we didn't have a Cameron Fry Award. Well... She was a little bit cutting out during her response for the Cameron Fry Award. And honestly, we decided that there was no proper choice for this one. So I decided to just cut it out. So if you're scoring at home, just put a zero for it. (laughs) And again, thank you, Alex, so much. This was great. Can't wait to have her on again. All right. Hall of Fame. The votes are in. I am so damn excited. This Friday, a day after Thanksgiving in the United States, we are talking about the inaugural class for the Hall of Fame. So I limited to 20 voters. 20 voters. They had been guests on High School Slumber Party. I consider them experts in the genre. This wasn't open to the slumbers. This was not open to the public. This was just something among the experts, and we're going to elect some actors and a filmmaker who you could not write the history of High School Slumber Party without. I'm going to go over the nominees on the show, but you should know who the nominees are. If you need a list of nominees, then these are not the shoe-ins for the Hall of Fame. But just think about it, right? You have your... People from The Breakfast Club, whether it be John Hughes, Molly Ringwald, Emilio Estevez, their nominees, Alicia Silverstone, who I mentioned, but more modern nominees like Lindsay Lohan, Julia Stiles is going to be on that list for sure. I'm not sure she's going to get in, I hope, but she's definitely on the ballot. Imagine all the teen movies we've talked about and some of the ones we haven't. The people who are your favorites, they're probably on that ballot. Did they get the votes? I don't know. But think about it, right? Uh, Matthew Broderick probably got some votes. Michael J. Fox probably got some votes. And that's why you have no homework. Just be prepared to listen on Friday. Pop it in the car when you're driving somewhere, or if you're not driving somewhere, especially this year. That's another thing I wanted to say. It's Thanksgiving, but stay safe. Make the smart choice. Don't threaten to kill a relative. I mean both by way of talking about politics, but also by COVID-19. It is very real, people. Once again, shout out to my healthcare heroes for making this country better. But it's a scary world out there, guys. Make the safe choice this Thanksgiving. I hope you do have some turkey, though, and all the fixins, some way, somehow, but just do it in a safe way. So I'm not going to leave you with another song from this movie, True Crime, because it's not a big soundtrack. I'm going to leave you with a song by the script called Hall of Fame to get you in that Hall of Fame mood. And remember, guys, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. See you on Friday. Happy Thanksgiving. Later, dudes.
be the greatest, you can be the best You can be the King Kong banging on your chest You can beat the world, you can beat the war You can talk the guy, go banging on his door You can throw your hands up, you can beat the clock You can move a mountain, you can break rocks You can be a master, don't wait for luck Dedicate yourself and you go find yourself Still here? It's over. Go home. Go.